0: When you need medical help fast, use NHS 111 online to go from home to an urgent treatment centre. Mr
1: Williams, please come through. Or a pharmacy. Hello, pharmacist will see you now.
0: Or if needed, stay where you are and get a call from a nurse, doctor or paramedic. Get assessed and directed to the right place for you in as little as 90 seconds. Use NHS 111 online.
1: This is our People Podcast, telling the stories
0: behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our People Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Newhouse, and I'm a PR and social media assistant here at STSFT. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to consultant clinical psychologist Sonia Wilson and clinical psychologist Sarah Markham. Sonia and Sarah both work within our psychological services team. This includes supporting both patients and staff with mental health difficulties. I'll be chatting to Sonia and Sarah about their roles our staff support service Thrive and how important it is for us to look after the well-being of our staff, which means they can continue to deliver excellent patient care. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you. Um, so early in February, it was Time to Talk Day, uh, which is the world's biggest mental health conversation. With this in mind, we expanded uh, this throughout the whole of February to share how staff can access support for their mental well-being. One of our staff support services is called Thrive. Could you explain what Thrive is and what your roles are within the service?
1: Do you like to go first, yes, Sarah? I, yeah. Yes, I can do. Um, so, I'm Sarah and I'm the clinical psychologist within the service, but also the Thrive clinical team lead. Um, so, I'm very new in role. Um, I started in January. Um, so, yeah, I, before this, I was in Northumbria healthcare for four years, yeah. again in staff psychology. And um, my, my role within Thrive is to I provide some one to one clinical support for staff directly psychological therapies um, and then I also do some leadership and management so I I manage, I manage the team and in regards to the leadership stuff it's thinking about the strategy of how we can widen the mental health initiative within within the trust as well. So my name's is Sonia um, and I'm the head of our
2: clinical health psychology department in the trust so I'm responsible for all the services that sit within the department um, and for the last two years I've been um, involved in setting Thrive up and um, recruiting the team thinking about our sort of referral pathways um, and the support that we offer both for sort of, staff one-to-one but also the team support and training that we do um, and now Sarah is in post and um, I'll start to take a little bit more of a backseat with that work but still support sort of Sarah with leadership and management is required yeah.
0: Brilliant. and um, I know that Thrive offers a wide variety of support such as one-to-one and group or team sessions how beneficial is this kind of support to our staff?
1: Well, it's. My, I believe that's really beneficial. Um, I think that the staff are kind of the beaten heart of the, the trust. And without our staff being well, then they're not going to be able to provide great care for our patients as well. But also they're not going to be able to enjoy kind of coming to work. And it's such a big part of our life being at work that to kind of thrive at work is is really
0: important. Sonia, uh, even though it's a service run by the Trust, uh, for Trust staff, it's still all confidential, isn't it?
2: Yes, so um, accessing any sort of healthcare care service, we would ensure that confidentiality um, is a given. However, there are limits to that in terms of if the staff member is at risk in any way, we would have a duty of care to ensure that that staff member was kept safe. However, all that discussion around what that would mean is had with a staff member when they make contact with the service.
0: You have also introduced Schwartz Rounds. Uh, could you explain a little bit about uh, what Schwartz Rounds are?
2: Yes, it's a little bit of a funny name, but it um, they're named after uh, the man who I guess invented them, came up with them, um, and they're based on his experience of accessing cancer care and seeing the emotional impact um, of working in healthcare. He wanted to develop a um, model of care and support for staff, which is where Schwartz Rounds invented. Um, they're an internationally recognised sort of reflective practice um, sort of programme and they have a very structured format, so staff working in health and social care um, settings, and that doesn't have to just be clinical roles, it can be non-clinical roles as well, come together um, and you have three people who share stories, usually on a similar theme or topic, and then that is discussed with the wider group in terms of how that Sort of resonates with them, which bits of the, the story um, they identify with or feel familiar or um, aspects of the emotional and social sort of impact of the work um, is explored together and the Schwartz rounds that we've run in the Trust have all been sort of really highly evaluated and people have found them really helpful. Um, we've had themes such as um, a patient I'll never forget, um, spinning plates, I guess just the reality of having to juggle lots of different demands. Both at work
1: and outside of work, we've started to do kind of bespoke ones, haven't we? Yeah. Mini Schwartz rounds where um, teams are coming to us, um, if they if they want a particular kind of re- reflective practice space, and um, and and we're supporting them to think about kind of what they would like to talk about and supporting them to get the panel of three together. So at the moment, that's that's the the yeah. that we're doing is those kind of the teams coming to us and saying actually we'd really like to have one of these implemented within our, our service and we're, we're supporting them with that.
2: The last one we did was with um, medical students, just thinking about the challenges of sort of going from training to qualified and, and some of the common sort of anxieties and concerns and worries about that transition, which was really, again, really um, popular and really well evaluated.
0: And more recently, uh, you also started doing wellbeing walks stuff. stuff. Uh, how much of a positive impact does being outdoors and physical activity have on your mental health
1: Yep. so um the well-being walks um they're kind of increasing in number by by the month actually mm-hmm. so i think i think last um over the last two months we've had 70 odd people kind of coming along to the wellbeing walks which is fantastic um and we've started to do them on weekends as well and Um, I think we're going to be piloting with family and pets being able to go along as well um, on the walk just to make it more accessible um, as kind of the lunchtime, weekday walks and some evening ones. Um, And the reason why we were thinking about wellbeing walks is because, as you say, we are aware of the positive impact that being outdoors has on our wellbeing. So we know that getting sunlight and fresh air can really help aid things like sleep, and aid our mood as well Um, and particularly if we can be outside in in kind of nature and greenery there's a lot of evidence that that can really boost our mood as well and the great thing about the well-being walks is that it creates kind of a social element as well so people can can chat so that can improve things like you know loneliness as well and that sense of, of of well-being and and connection um with other with colleagues as well and if family members can come along. Um, I actually, when we were out and about last week, kind of promoted Thrive and the Time to Talk, um, a few people came up to us talking about how they've been doing the wellbeing walks, and um, somebody mentioned how it was really, really helpful to have it contracted almost and booked in and timetabled in, because although you could go for a walk any time really, having that kind of scheduled meant that they were motivated to do it and they were really, really enjoying it.
0: And whereabouts are the walks? Do you have different routes?
1: Yeah, there are different routes. um, And the timetables and meeting places and everything are um, on the internet. um, And also, I think, on the Time to Talk diary um, that um, I think Jade's been involved in developing
2: they also post on the staff facebook page as well so we try to have um a few lunchtime walks a week and um, running from from different sites across the trust um, and then usually there's a weekend walk as well so sort of plans so
0: and uh, sarah uh, why is it important that as an employer uh we look after our staff in this way uh, thrive is obviously a service for staff uh, but what impact does it have on the care our patients receive
1: So I think there's numerous reasons why it's important that we look after our staff in in this way and I think even just having an in-house service means that what we're doing hopefully is reducing stigma and normalising the fact that we all have mental health and therefore we can at times all struggle with our mental health as well and and need that support. Um, We know that particularly over the past few years with pandemics, winter pressures, austerity all of all of the things that are going on that it does have an impact on our staff um it's been very demanding the the pandemic in particular where a lot of people were being told to stay at home our staff were actually you know being told to to come in and and kind of keep going but they were also facing kind of the same worries and concerns as as everyone um so i think it's really important that we do look after our staff and we know that having positive mental health helps them feel more engaged at work and it it improves their performance and their sense of achievement as well and we know that healthcare staff um, often are very high on compassion for others and they're often very dutiful so we'll tend to give a lot to others but not necessarily kind of give and much to themselves and kind of think about self-care mm-hmm. so that can lead to the potential of kind of burnout as well and um, compassion fatigue that sort of thing so it's really important to provide that that support for them and um, which is why we don't just do one-to-one but we also do teamwork mm-hmm. as well because of of things like compassion fatigue burnout moral injury trauma support as well um and we also know that there is a high level of kind of presenteeism so people who maybe don't feel well enough really to be at work but who will still come into work because they don't want to be off they worry about their team um, and you know worry about being off so they're coming in but they're not necessarily performing at their best they're actually starting to feel worse and um, so it's it, by us providing that support for staff in-house It means that we can be responsive to the needs of staff as well. Um, And in regards to how it impacts on the care our patients receive, we know that there's a direct link with how, you know, with staff wellbeing and and patient care. So there's better quality patient care and patients feel more looked after Um, if our staff are healthy engaged at work? No, I think we would agree. The research
2: shows that if we look after our staff, that has a direct impact on patient care and patient outcomes. Um, And I think given the current time within the NHS, now more than ever, it's really important that we look after our staff and keep staff well. And Given all of the additional pressures and stresses, that's not always an easy um, answer as to how we do that. Um, And as Sarah said, we offer both that one-to-one support but also thinking how we bolster our teams, um, because they provide um, a really sort of big safety net, net and buffer in terms of that sort of peer support for staff members. So um, certainly within Thrive, we wanted to have both what we would say is the reactive supports so when people are in need that they can access that sort of one su- support very quickly um, and directly. Um, However, we also wanted to look at preventative measures, which is where the wellbeing walks come in, the Schwartz rounds, and the training that that Thrive Offer in terms of um, resilience, uh, sort of stress management, mental health awareness. Um, I'm sure Sarah will be able to go on with with a list of that. um, To try and ensure that we support people to be as equipped as possible in in what is really challenging times. And I think... um, yeah, it's acknowledging yeah the work
1: that can be done with an individual, but also within the team and the organisation as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I think I think as well that when people hear the word resilience, they often think that it means that people are saying, of oh, you as an individual need to be resilient," and the, the problem lies with you. But actually, you know, we we're, we're wanting to think about resilience as within team resilience as well and kind of organisational resilience. Um, because it kind of comes at all levels. It's not just down to the individual um, staff member, but if we can support them to boost their, their kind of own resources and corporate skills that they've got, whilst also, as Sonia said, looking at the preventative stuff that we can do within teams, um, upskilling people to feel confident and competent to identify mental health difficulties, to um, be able to talk about them, to be able to know where to signpost as well and what supports available um, that that should really help with kind of supporting the individual the individual as well so I think it's just you know important for people to realize as well that when we talk about individual resilience or resilience it's we're not saying that it's all down to kind of one person to 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 kind of have to cope with that really and manage that or it's their responsibility it's thinking about kind of the wider systems as well, and that's what we're trying to do here at Thrive. And I think that the fact the trust have invested in Thrive and have developed this in house
2: service highlights the value and the importance that the trust is putting on staff wellbeing, mm-hmm. and that they are at that as you said the heart of the organisation.
0: Yeah, because uh, the trust have uh, well we've done quite a lot. So we've mm-hmm. done like the big money team talk, to try and engage with our staff. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to know that the trust are get, getting highly involved with the with the staff mental uh, health. How big is your uh, is the Thrive team?
1: So the Thrive team currently consists of myself, um, as the as the team lead. Um, I'm also one of the psychologists that provides one to one interventions, um, and the model that I use. Well, I'm, I'm very integrative, but um, I have a special interest in compassion focused therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy, and how that can support kind of healthcare staff that we support and um, we have another um a counselling psychologist elizabeth james um, and she also provides one-to-one psychological support as well and um, from a, using a range of different models and approaches as well and then we have two counsellors within the team we have karen and we have victoria and um they are fantastic, and we've been having really positive feedback about the the counselling that they provide for our staff. Um, and then we have Liv, who is our assistant psychologist, and she is um, one of the key contacts for the wellbeing walks. And um, so people will often see her out and about on the wellbeing walks and promoting things on social media to do with the wellbeing walks. Um, she's also um, delivers some of the training alongside Elizabeth um, and she's also um, the main person who does the triages. So Liv might be the first person that people speak to um, after Emma, our um, lovely admin as well. And then we have Sonia as well who oversees it all.
0: For our staff who may need support from Thrive, uh, how can they get in touch and find out more information?
1: So they can call our um our number directly which is 0191-569-9699 um, and come through and make a self-referral um, through that contact number or they can email stsft.thrive at nhs.net and you know if there's any requests for team support for wanted to put in a self-referral um training requests, anything like that, then they can drop us an email or, or ring up and most likely if they ring they're, they're most likely to get Emma, our lovely admin, yeah. um, who is often the, the first port of call. So um, for staff and um teams who would like some support we've also got our internet um, homepage and um, which has different sections on there including um, the links to things like the wellbeing walks, but also links to team support as well. Um, and when we think about kind of the team support that we offer, um, we do offer that kind of more reactive team support. So if there's been a, perhaps a critical incident within a team, such as um, a sudden bereavement of a, of a colleague or um, a loss of a patient that's been quite traumatic for example um, then we can provide that kind of more responsive team support provide some psychological debrief um, and also support um, the seniors to just make sure that they feel supported that we're providing the right information and um, to normalise those situations as well because understandably people are going to be potentially feeling emotional and um, after something quite distressing and um, so we provide that sort of reactive support and um, but then also and um, we provide training for teams as well and um, so we're currently piloting line manager training for mental health awareness and um, we're going through the the first round of that training at the moment and then We've got a couple of dates coming up, um, one in April and one in May. Um, we've got the resilience and well-being kind of training, which are for staff to come along to. We've got a bereavement support group for staff as well. Um, so those are just some of the examples of some of the some of the training that we do. But what we would like to encourage people to do is there is, as I've said, the um team support sections on the internet um, and what we would really encourage people to do as well is if they have any queries about how to support the well-being, the mental health and well-being of their teams, um, to, to contact us to reach out and, and we can um, do a little bit of consultancy, we can do a little bit of an assessment with them um, to find out what the needs are and, and what kind of interventions might be, might be beneficial for them, whether it's reactive and responsive in the moment or you know, whether it's that proactive stuff so we can really help build that within Team Resilience. There is a um, specific form on the internet for, for teams
2: to fill in for team support um, and what we try to do is link, link up with our colleagues in organisational leadership development, um, equality, diversity inclusion, chaplaincy, HR and occupational health and wellbeing to all come together to think actually what's the best support for those teams and for us to have a think together so um, hopefully on the back of that sort of form and understanding kind of what the difficulty is and we all work together to think actually who's the best person to support that team and what's the best intervention um, and evaluate it.
0: And how uh, quickly will will the staff be seen to once they get in touch?
1: Quickly for the, um, very quickly for the um, the triage assessment so basically what will happen is Once they've um, got in touch and said they would like to self-refer, somebody from the team will be in touch with them to complete um, the referral form and a a bit of an assessment as well. Um, And then we're roughly about a
2: month. So I think, um, depending after that initial assessment, we'll be tied if you, if, you um, if it's deemed that sort of, seeing one of our counsellors, Karen or Victoria, um, is more suitable. Then their sort of waiting time is around twenty days, um, and if it's to see one of the psychologists, either Sarah or Elizabeth, who work within the team, that's roughly around a, a month at the moment. Um, but depending on sort of referrals and, and sort of holidays and things like that, things do sort of. Um, he can drop a mm-hmm. lot but on, yeah, we would say sort of around about 23 yeah. weeks for yeah. counselling and a month for, for psychology. Yeah. Um, and if there's if there's additional support that can be offered um, between then as well. So we would encourage a staff member to contact and all of this will be discussed and sort of fitted to their needs. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Sonya can you remind us where uh, where can our patients or residents of South Townside and Sunderland uh, where they can go for help uh, if they are struggling emotionally or mentally?
2: Um, yes so within Sunderland we have our psychological wellbeing service um, that is run by our local mental health trust NTW and staff can contact that service on or a name on 566 5454 Um, and for patients who live in South Tyneside they can access the life cycle service and they can self-refer and by contacting 4191 283 2937 um, and people can self-refer to those services.
0: Thank you Sonia and Sarah for coming to talk to me uh, today about Thrive and why it's important for both our staff and patients that we offer this support. Uh, For more information about what is happening at our Trust, visit uh, our website at www.stsft.nhs.uk or follow us on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram pages. We hope you have enjoyed listening to today's episode and hope you all tune in for the next one. Thank you once again. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Our People podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories hit subscribe to keep up to date with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to
0: on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.